reading this morning from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 14. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But, in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. The body of Christ. And here's a guy who gave his life to Jesus Christ. The scriptures say, and each one of you is a member, is a part of it as a follower of Jesus Christ. Nick has given his life to Jesus Christ. And when he gave his life to Jesus Christ, the truth is, and what's true of all of us, is that we have received the Holy Spirit to empower us to have life and to offer life to those who need to know of the love of God. Nick received that in his brokenness and was filled full of God and now lives no arms, no legs, and as he says, no worries, man because I have the power of Jesus Christ living through me. I am part of the body of Christ. And he wants to use my life. Nick was in town actually last night. Did any of you go to that last night? Yeah. And my son told me he was at the Idaho Center. And he got home pretty late last night. I said, son, tell me about it. What happened? And he goes, dad, it was just amazing. Because there was thousands of people there. And Nick shared his testimony, and Nick shared how God's been working in his life, and Nick asked people to receive Jesus Christ, and he goes, Dad, it was awesome. Hundreds came. 
Nick's not a valuable member of the body of Christ. Nick's not filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think God put right in Nick's, he doesn't have hands, right in his body, the gift of evangelism. Speak forth the love of God. And he's leading thousands to Christ all over this nation, literally all over the world. You are a member of the body of Christ. And that's what we're talking about in chapter 12. We're talking about spiritual gifts. And we're talking about how God has bestowed upon you. Jackson reminded us last week. Here's what the scriptures say in the beginning of Corinthians 12. To each one of you, to each one of you, if you've received Jesus Christ, not just to some of you, to each one of you has been given, what? A manifestation of the Spirit, a a spiritual gift, at least one. And what's the purpose of that? The purpose of that is for the building of the body of Christ, for living out the life of Christ and building it up, edifying, not just, not just in the church family here, but beyond these walls, being used of God, but to each one of you has been given a spiritual gift. And so what I'm hoping as we study Corinthians 12, and, and Jackson's going to come back and do uh, Romans 12 in a couple weeks, that we start to be stirred up about what God's doing in our midst and in our own person, that he's given us a spiritual gift, that he wants us to use it and to be blessed by him. And it's all his doing. Let's go back to verse 11. All of these things, all of these these gifts that have been given to you are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as God wills. That's what he's doing. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews and Greeks and slaves are free. And we were all made to drink of the same spirit. And that's the big picture. We are, as followers of Jesus Christ, we are meant to be one. One body. Living together. Working together in the life of the spirit. We're not meant to be an island off somewhere we're to be together. And we need each other to live out the life of Christ. You are the body of Christ, each one of you, a part of it. And don't think for a second that you're not. Jesus in the upper room, when he spoke to his disciples in John 16, he said, I want you to know about the coming of the Holy Spirit. He's going to come and he's going to strengthen you. Remember, Jesus even said, it's good that I'm taken off. It's good that I'm going back to the Father because I will send to you my Spirit. And He is going to empower you. He will be your comforter. He will be your source of truth. He will be the one who ministers along your side. Holy Spirit, paraclete, means the one who walks right by your side. And so He says, I'm going to send you the Spirit. And he will come. And verse 14 of John 16 says, He will, he has a ministry 
that will glorify me. And he will take what is mine and he will declare it to you. All that the Father has, all that the Father has is mine, says Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit is going to take all that's from me and he's given it to you. That you would be empowered by all the truth and the love and the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. That you would live in life and with his love. And it's this amazing relationship with the living God. It's not, it's not about being a bunch of people who are involved in some religion that we can come to church on Sunday and sing some songs and have a nice life together. Amen. It's about a beautiful, powerful, life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what he does. As he died on the cross for us, rose again from the dead and gave his Holy Spirit and we have relationship with Jesus. Here's what he says in John 14, 19 and 20. Because I live, Jesus says, you will also live. And in that day, when the Holy Spirit comes, in that day you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Chris Rudell, our, our senior pastor of years ago, he would always say this, and it really stuck with me. What is true of Christ is true of us. We are placed in Christ. We feel like a big toe. We feel like we're on this foot, and everything that he has is ours, and we belong to him. And so we live that life out by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's that beautiful relationship. He joins our life with His. And, and the church is joined together, a group of people with the same life, who belong to the same Lord, who have the same Spirit, who have received the same spiritual gifts from the Spirit of God. And to live life and to function together not only to be changed within and to edify this body of Christ, but literally to change the world with the love of Jesus. Like what happened last night at the Idaho Center as Nick, no arms, no legs, shared the love of Jesus. To each one of us has been given a gift of the Holy Spirit, a manifestation of the Spirit. You know, it's interesting when you do studies on churches and, and, and you ask them if they know what their spiritual gift is. It's only about 45 to 50% that have any idea of what their spiritual gift might be. I don't want us to be a church that is unaware. Or as Paul starts in Corinthians 12, I don't want you to be ignorant about your spiritual gifts about spiritual things and how God is empowering you to live his life out through you because you are the body of Christ. Amen. And so we're going to unwrap some of these things and we're going to continue on to unwrap so that we learn to live our life in the power of Jesus Christ. He wants us to move and to live and to breathe and to follow in obedience that each one has been given a gift and he's empowered us to love.
as Paul's teaching the Corinthian church, one of the things that's happening is that they really don't have a good understanding of spiritual gifts and how they're supposed to be played out and what God is doing with them through the power of the Holy Spirit. They're not sure how to function within the church family. And what he says in verse 15, and what he dives into, is they were, they were having a feeling of, of, that they were inferior or that they were insignificant. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. We all kind of feel this sometimes. We look at people, and we go, oh man, look at what the Gideons are doing. Look how they're getting out onto campuses and they're going all over the world and, and they're using their gifts to, to give the word of God. Look at them and what they're doing and the impact they're having. And we look at each other and we think, oh, I'm, I'm not like that. Where do I fit in the body of Christ? What does God have for me in my life in the body of Christ? We feel like a big toe. And if you're a big toe on the foot, it's hidden away, isn't it, typically? We're, we're in our sock. And, and you know, after a full day, that big toe kind of gets a little smelly. And for many of us, we feel like, I'm a big toe. How is God going to use me? I'm not the hand who I can be up here making cool gestures and I can talk with my hands like the Italians do all the time. I'm just a foot, and on the foot I'm just a big toe. How do I fit? We all wrestle with this as we try to figure out what God has for us. But you know what? I did some study on the big toe. And I found something that I didn't know. You've got to realize, for me, being up here right now, to come up here and stand before you and teach the Word of God, I could not do it without my big toe. Because your big toe is that one important toe that keeps you from falling right off this stage. It keeps you balanced, it keeps you upright, and it allows you to stand upright. We need the big toe. And that's what Paul is trying to get at. We need each and every one in the body of Christ. Amen. You are not insignificant. You are not of lesser value than any other person in this body. Amen. You know, we went, to, we went to Taiwan last summer, and uh, it was a great team, 12 of us who went. And we went to go put on an English camp with, with uh, young students and high school students, and we brought a team of adults and, and high schoolers to go and minister and share the love of God. And as we're over there, part of the camp was putting on these activities. And it was actually became a significant part of the camp. Every day we'd have activities going on. And one of the gals, one of the team members, who was an awesome team member, but she was really struggling because she would see all these other students, these high school students, who would just 
go out and, and they would be full of energy and they would get all of the activity going on and, and kids were drawn to them, you know, just coming up and they were, they were the ones who give lots of hugs, you know, there's just people like that. Living out in the gifts that God's given them. But she felt like a big toe. And she's like, I don't know how God wants to use me on this trip. I can't do what those guys are doing. I don't know how to fit in here. But here's the deal, and if you've ever been to camp, and some of you have experienced this, you know, there's always those kids who, quite honestly, they, they want nothing to do with those activities. They're kind of shy, or they just don't like doing them, or they just don't feel comfortable with their bodies. And, and so there's always that group that will be kind of over here to the sidelines, and they'll just be observers. And they feel very left out, and they feel awkward as all this activity is going on. So that was happening at camp in Taiwan. And so we're out, those of us who have gifts of leadership and, and all these things, we're out leading all kinds of stuff. And I'm seeing these, these little girls over here all by themselves. And then I see this. I see our big toe go over with them and start to love them up. I couldn't minister to those little girls. But this teenage gal came right alongside. And she embraced them, and they loved her, and she loved them. And she got to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with those girls. There's nobody who's unimportant and unnecessary and insignificant in the body of Christ because we have the same spirit, we serve the same Lord, and he is the one who is empowering us, and he's the one who has put in place. Amen. You don't think Nick felt like, where do I fit in in this world? No arms, no legs. Who will love me? Who will even want to be around me? And God made him just the way he was and has empowered him with his Holy Spirit. And so he is living out the life of Christ in what God has for him. It's not what God has for us. It's what God has for him and for the body of Christ. And he's a significant part of the body, just like you are. When we think that we do not belong, when we think we have no place, we really are deceiving ourselves. It does not change biblical Reality, biblical truth, actually God's truth about who you are. Just because you don't feel it, and just because you don't think that you're important, does not change the way that God views you. Amen. You are significant. But you need to be asking the Lord, Lord, how do you want to live your life through me? We need to unwrap these beautiful gifts he's given us. It's just not Christmas time and we all look at the tree and the gifts and go, that's cool. No, we dive in and we unwrap and we go, thank you, God. I want to live for you. And the only way I can do it is empowered by you. Anything with spiritual significance, it's not in my own ability, it's in the power of Christ.
Verse 18 says, As it is, God has arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. Wherever you are at, that's what God wants to do with you, right where you are, right where he's planted you, like Jackson talked about several weeks ago. Bloom. Bloom right where you're planted. Grow there. And especially in your spiritual gifts. Let them pour out right right where you're at. And be used of God. Because there's no insignificant person. The problem is, is that we have this idea that all the ministry and the use of the gifts and everything that's taking place, it, it happens here in the church. And, oh, you got the people who are teaching and they're leading Sunday school or, or youth group or they're out doing all kinds of ministries here and there. We think it's the church. And, I, I, and there is, there's a lot of life and spiritual gifts that are, that are poured out here in the church family. But I really believe that the spiritual gifts and the work of the church, that the church is this training ground. This is the place where we grow together and then we go out with the love of God because we are the body of Christ. We are the physical representation of the love of God. We are the ones who go out and touch lives with our being. So there's no place to say, I don't have a spot in the kingdom work of God. I don't fit in. I don't have anything to offer. That's the enemy whispering lies to you. And you're missing out on the life of Christ who wants to work through you and let you experience his love and his life just being poured out through you to build up the body of Christ to build up the kingdom of God. So it's not about how you feel. God loves you and has given each one of you a spiritual gift. Let's unwrap that together. The other thing that was happening in the church is that there was confusion about how it played out and if I'm valuable, but there was others who were They were understanding, oh, the gifts have been given, but then they were developing this independent spirit. And and they were really living their life out, their Christian life, as golfers, as ones who who just played for themselves. Isn't that true in the game of golf? There's not teamwork going on. It's all about you and your focus and your abilities and how far you can hit the ball, and how good you are. Now, I know all you golfers out there are like, come on, Richie! (laughs) But we cannot live as a body of Christ as golfers. I really mean it. We're not meant to live independently. We are meant to live together. And the only way we can function into what God has planned for us is together. We are really to be like a team that's on a crew team. You ever watch them as they go along the lake? All in sync. It's smooth. They have to work together. They have to work together. That's what God wants for the body of Christ. And he's placed each of us in a specific spot so that we might function together. 
not to go out and say, oh, I hit the ball all by myself so far. Isn't that great? He says, he says listen, if the I is saying, I don't need anybody else, that's just foolishness. If I don't need the hand, I have no need of you, he's saying. You know, can you imagine? So Lord willing, this summer, there's a team of us who's going to go uh, to the Ukraine to connect with former Soviet Union Young Life, to go minister to high school teens who need the love of God, to go minister in orphanages for those who have no fathers, no parents, and to, to be the body of Christ in the Ukraine. But could you imagine if I showed up to our team meeting and I said, Oh, everybody! Thank God I have arrived. I am the righteous Reverend Rod Ritchie. And I have profound truth to speak to you. And this ministry to the Ukraine will have incredible success because of me, because of all of the talent that God has bestowed upon me. I am the mouth. And I will speak forth. And then what if one of the team members said, well, Rod, that's great, um, but when's our next team meeting so that we can actually prepare to plan to do this ministry? That doesn't matter, because the mouth is here, and I will speak forth everything that is necessary, but what are you going to speak forth? I don't know, but it'll be fine. And it all falls to apart. You know what's been really cool about this Ukraine team? Praise God, we have, we have a person like a Melissa Binford. She, she's awesome. She's sending out pretty much every day, hey guys, here's what's going on with the team meetings. And, and here's what we're going to do when we get there. And, and we're going to plan this out, we're going to work on this, and the mouth has a little part of it. But we've got a lot of other stuff we need to do. And here's doing what? And we got Arvis. Arvis is, is taking care of all the financial stuff so that that's all in line. Arvis, who's, who's 73, going out and ministering, using his life for the kingdom of God. Arvis has, he has a patch on his eye right now because he's been getting some double vision. And so he looks like a pirate. So we call him Arvis. It's awesome. And we're like, we're like, Arvis, don't get rid of the patch, man. That's going to be, that's going to be a winner in the Ukraine. That's going to be awesome. But we got all of these high school students who are missing. They're, they're getting, they're planning all these these skits, these dramas to share the love of Jesus. Everybody is playing a part, and the mouth gets a little part also. But there's no way the mouth can do anything without the rest of the body. That's the deal. We need each other. We need each other. You are not insignificant and you are not meant to be independent. We have to have life together. And it brings the love of God together. And when, when the people see the body of Christ 
living out the life of Christ. They have nothing to say but, oh my goodness, who is this Jesus? Because God is glorified through you. And God is glorified through us together in the life of Christ. And what he wants for us is to minister. There's no unimportant part. And God has such a different view, a different perspective of the gifts. We are so focused on on applauding those who are up front and giving them more worth for some reason. That's not God's view at all. Verse 22, on the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. We have to have big toes. We have to. And we have to give them value. Because they are valuable before God. And the parts of the body we think less honorable, we bestow a greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty which our more presentable parts do not require. He's talking about, he's talking about even the, the private parts. I think he's, he's speaking to, you know, we don't, we don't talk about the private parts. They're important, but we don't talk about them. I, I was thinking of ministries in this church that, I mean, we just don't talk about You don't really hear about them. I don't know if you guys know, actually, I'm pretty sure you don't know very much, but every Saturday night, because we don't talk about these things. Every Saturday night, there's a group of saints from this body who feels led by the Lord to just pray for you, to pray for us as we teach, to pray for our community. Every Saturday night, faithfully coming and being used of God for prayer. That's not up front. You know what? There's no way in heck that we're bringing forth the Word of God without being covered by that prayer. Amen. Amen is right. Every part insignificant, not insignificant. Every part valuable. And it's God who has composed the body, verse 24. God's put it together. And He wants us to unwrap the spiritual gifts. Look at verse 27. You are the body of Christ, and individually... You are members of it. And verse 28, God, again, has appointed all of these things. And he speaks to some of the different spiritual gifts that are taking place. I want you to get out. I I had uh, a whole group, and again, this is the body of Christ, came and they, they put in your bulletins, a yellow sheet. Pull that out. It's a little yellow flyer. My father put this together uh, years ago, and I found it to be just a really helpful tool to help us understand our spiritual gifts. And one of the things that I want you to be doing with each other at lunchtime, and as you guys just share life together, I want you to be asking each other, what are your spiritual gifts? And I want you to be telling each other, this is what I've seen in you, in your spiritual gifts. In Corinthians 12, as we looked at it, it starts to speak about there are some that God has put as apostles, some as prophets, some as teachers. And he's, and he's giving us apostles means those who are sent out, sent forth with the word of God. They, they basically, they went out and they started the church. And then the prophets spoke forth of the truth 
of God, of Christ. And the teachers came in and, and opened up the word of God so that it could be understood. They're kind of building blocks of, of the church. And then out of that poured all the other gifts of, of healings and of miracles. And they're all to be used. And each one of you has been given a gift of the Spirit for the building up of the body of Christ so that we might glorify God in all that we do. And so I want you to use this tool to start unwrapping your spiritual gifts if you're not aware of who God's made you to be. And start encouraging one another in what you've seen in one another. That's one of the greatest ways you start to learn about yourself. Because it's not real cool to stand up here and say, oh, I obviously have the gift of wisdom. It just pours forth from my pores. I just can't stop being so wise. No, we need people to say, you know, I've seen sometimes gifts of wisdom in you. And so use that. Because God somehow is using you to speak forth his wisdom from Scripture. So help each other out in that. But he wants us to unwrap the spiritual gifts, and he's teaching us these things, and he's saying, listen, I want you to go after these things, and I am going to teach you the most beautiful way in using these things. And that's going to be love, isn't it? That's that famous love chapter, chapter 13. With love, these things are going to be poured out, and they're going to change the world forever. I want you to be using your spiritual gifts. I love this body of Christ, you know, every morning I've been driving by, I live close to the church, and I drive by our dirt out here. And you know what I've been noticing lately? People are working the soil. People are working the soil. And people are going out and they're using their spiritual gifts by serving God. And that's one of the things you need to know very clearly. How do the spiritual gifts start to pour out? Because we're serving God. You've got to serve. We can't just sit here. We've got to serve. And so people are showing up and they're starting to work the soil and they're coming alongside the families who are refugees. And the Spirit may be speaking to you, you know what? I want God to use me. And so I'm going to show up and I'm just going to work the soil. And I'm going to see where God might have me and, and see where my gifts might come up. You may not even know what your gifts are. Serve. Just serve. Amen. It's an awesome thing. And so life is being produced out there. Real life through food and then the life of Christ. I want to share a little DVD with you. Here's something that happened a couple of weeks ago and I thought it was absolutely awesome. So Brian Phillips, just a wonderful brother in the body, he feels led by the Lord to make a bunch of birdhouses. I don't even, how many do you make? A thousand? How many do you make? Hundreds and hundreds of birdhouses. And then they had the, the children's ministry come in and work and paint them up and, and all for the purpose of, Lord, maybe we can provide one tank of water in Indonesia with the Eitmillers. But you, as a body of Christ, living out through the Spirit, 
gave and bought these beautiful birdhouses and just gave beyond measure. And we're going to be able to buy nine, if not ten, water tanks so that someday living water will be poured out all over Indonesia. All members of the body of Christ, young and old, all empowered by the same Spirit to bring forth the life of God and to glorify Him. Let's continue to unwrap these gifts and be used of God. You are not insignificant. You have incredible value and God is going to live His life out through you. And so we go knowingly saying, Lord, I'm empowered by you. And so thank you. Here's my life surrendered unto you. God be glorified. Let me pray. Father, we love you and we just thank you for the way that you have given us, each one who is a follower of you, a spiritual gift. And Father, we do. We want to know how to live in that, in that beautiful gift. And we want to be used of you. We want to follow you in obedience with our lives. And so, Lord Jesus, I just pray that for this dear family that your Spirit would pour out upon us. And, Father, truly, that as we live life together and as we work together, empowered by your Spirit, Father, would you be glorified in all that we do. We love you, Lord Jesus, and I thank you for this body of Christ. In your precious name, amen.